Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Mixed up the rhythm there. Mixed up the timing there. It's different. I don't know if I like that. That's not me. Uh, by the way, we're on uh, at Twitter, at Jay Cameron Show, I should say, as well. And uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Jeff Cameron Show each and every day. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tom's here. Director Matthew is here. we got Florida State basketball tonight on a Balls Big Wednesday. If you're not going, a little bit better start time tonight, by the way. Uh, against Tulane, 8 o'clock tip at the TLC double C. But uh, if you can't go, if it's uh, not something you're able to attend, if you have the ACC network, you can watch it. Other than that, you're... Oh, well. Imagine that. Look at that. Are we getting any closer? I know, I know. No need to bitch about that, Cameron. Good God. Perpetuity. Like, nope, you're the one market. Uh, Florida State, by the way, leads the all-time series. 25 wins to 12 losses. Total domination. I thought you were going to drop the Albuquerque and say, if you're in Albuquerque, you've got oh, you the got, ACC yeah, You can watch it anywhere else in the country. You're good to go. Uh, yeah. So I will get to the preview and the little talking points, if you will. The early season talking points are hard. They're hard to come by because we don't have enough data points. We just don't know enough about what the team is or is not. We know some areas that we're concerned about, that we were concerned about coming into the season in terms of inexperience and some of the younger guys having to get their feet wet against this level of competition, uh, like you saw against the University of Florida, which has a good basketball team this year. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I do. I will stand by what I said earlier. I think even Ham has intimated as much that I think this is a team that is going to be a little frustrating. Uh, we're so used to winning, winning big, going on long win streaks. Uh, it sounds weird to say out loud, but that's the way our basketball program has gone, is that they, they kind of find themselves pretty quickly early on, and they just come out the starting gates uh, playing really solid basketball. They end up at a place where you look up, next thing you know, you're you know, you're 13-2. and two. Uh, that's that's been Florida State lately, you know, or twelve and three, something like that. When you think, okay, well, and here we go, and all of a sudden, you kind of stand down with those overriding concerns about a tournament. Tournament, you're just like, oh, well, we're going to the tournament. It's just a fight for seeding and positioning in the ACC, and what's the what's the top end of what this team can be, and all that. That's not going to be this year. This is going to be a game-to-game, week-to-week, okay, we seem to be solving that problem. This is still a nuisance. Oh, I don't know if we have a guy that can remedy this. Uh, I wonder if this is a better lineup, or should he do more of this? I mean, it lends itself this year, does, I think. I don't want to say second-guessing. I mean, the man and his staff have obviously earned their stripes. But it will lend itself to more 
uh, discussion about where they're headed and what he's trying to do and perhaps what they can be uh, top-end-wise. Uh, and so I, I think these early-season games are games you're going to want to watch very closely. I, I've got I've to admit, when we've had veteran clubs, the thing that I've tuned into in the past is whoever that star player is, whoever that one-and-done potential player is. You know, when, Pat, when Patrick Williams came here, and they talked about his body type and what he was and how quickly you know, they thought he could assert himself. I thought early on in those, uh, th- that season, it was just all about watching him to see if he could gain confidence, to see where he could go, right? And then it didn't take long before you and I were like, oh, well, this is something. I mean, he would sky for rebounds. You'd see these moments. The only thing that needed to come around was the offense, and then it pretty well did. Um, but for, for, for this team, mm, they're unique. There's a backcourt ridden, you know, driven team. They've got a bunch of bigs, but not polished bigs. Um, they're going to really rely heavily, uh, at least in terms of the middle of what Malik Osborne can be. But he's not a traditional big in the sense that if you face a team that does have one, he's not. You know, that's not a great matchup for us. Uh, I thought that showed against Florida, by the way. Um, so. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a while. I'm not trying to paint a picture that they're a bad program or a bad, I mean, a bad team. No, 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 no. I just think they're an interesting team that's in for a rocky road to the start of the season, and I think they're going to be up and down. A lot of examples in major sports where you've got a roster. It could be a dynasty-type roster where you've got bona fide four or five-star players, and they're going to you know carry the minutes or the plays or the reps, whatever it is in, in the particular sport. A good example would be Detroit in hockey for 20-odd years. They have a way of doing things. Mm-hmm. It's all homegrown. Every once in a while, they'll poach a veteran, but it's all homegrown. And when you come up as a rookie, you're on the fourth or third line. And you might be a stud when it comes to scoring right, goals, right. but you only have to play 10 minutes a night. The best players in the sport play double that. So when you came up, they weren't asking you to do much. There wasn't a whole lot of pressure on you. And therefore, yeah. it was easy to grow and develop because you could do so at your own speed at the professional level. Uh, the Cardinals our great example in in baseball. Yeah, they can that go to lineup. <laughs> for decades, you know, they're stud players a, a seven-hole hitter for two or three months just to get acclimated to the MLB. And you know what? If they hit 210, who cares? Because Albert Pujols was at the top of that lineup. Matt Holiday was there. You could go on and on. This group this year for Florida State basketball is not like the others in, in what you're saying. You know, when Patrick Williams was a member of this program, briefly, they had a structure. They had veterans. They had depth. All he yeah. needed to do was in, add in to be a, a piece. Right. A lot of the younger kids this year have to be more like a Malik Beasley was or a Dwayne Bacon was. It's not to say that the holdovers aren't really important. Anthony Polite is critical to this season. Malik Osborne is critical. And Caleb Mills is going to be critical. Even He's kind of a veteran, but kind of not. But all these younger kids are going to be asked to do more. And I think that's what, what you're getting at, which is it's going to be a little streaky. This team's going to overwhelm opponents at times, too, as they grow. We've already seen that. Yeah, they could go on a crazy twenty to four run, and you go, "Well, they figured it out." I don't know. If you have a, if you're that person who likes a hard, hot take that's permanent early in a season, this is not your season to do so. No, you need to wait. Wait until about the middle of January before we really know what this team is. Just accrue wins while you're while you're learning about yourself. That would be the key. Well, and it's especially true any season in which there've only been two games played. So tonight's preview is just like I don't know what Tulane is. I know they're one and one. I'll talk about some of their veteran players and some of the guys that, whose name you'll need to know tonight. But I mean, early in the season, you just don't have enough. Uh, I do find myself gravitating towards basketball already, uh, both the pro and the college game. Watched a couple last night. In fact, both uh, flip back and forth. And Your son is going to rekindle. 
rekindle your NBA love. Yeah, I think so, uh, and which is good. Uh, I enjoy you know living vicariously through him, at least in terms of fandom. I think that's great because it was it's so cool to listen to him talk about. Well, I, I, I like to hear the opinions he gives on on guys. I, he's still learning the game, so when you hear it. It's it's pretty funny, and uh, sometimes it's spot on. Other times I'm like, no, no, it's not exactly true. He's probably a Hall of Famer, son. Go easy. But see, he catches guys at the back end of their careers, and he's like, well, I don't even know why they got him on the floor. I'm like, well, he's played 18 years. He's a pretty good player. I mean, he's he's like he's just, you know, it's a regular season game, son. He's not going to give us all tonight. He's going to be in the right spots, and he'll set things up. You know, yeah. Wait till he learns that NBA players take the night off. No, they, they take the night off on the regular. Even Thank when you, they're Jeremy. On the court. Appreciate you, buddy. Go to Olds, go JCS, go War Chan, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, we appreciate that a lot, Jeremy. Woo! Yeah, thanks uh, early on here in the show. Get it rolling. Hey, so it's the weirdest thing. It's the damnedest thing. We have not had a win like this this year, but it happened. It's Wednesday. It's Balls McWednesday. I'm still thinking about Florida State Miami, not thinking about Florida State Boston College, and I know that's dangerous if I'm a player or a coach, but I'm not, so I can think that way, and they can't. They need to be focused on the task at hand. It's a tough game. I do think it does portend perhaps of an interesting first half against Boston College because I don't know that they will have come down uh, from cloud nine here after that win just yet for a sleepy nooner in Chestnut Hill. It's boring. There is no atmosphere. It's sterile. Uh, it is all of this fundamentals, and it's, it's going to be interesting. They're going to test you. They do. It's a chin test, too. They'll test your chin. So I like that we're tough. In years past, we weren't. And, Tom, you and I have had to sit here and describe all kinds of things about, uh, you know, try to find the interesting way to describe a team that lacks athleticism but a whole lot of physicality. And every year, you know, we mention that they are, uh, they'll hit you. They're fundamentally sound. You know, all these things, right? But BC is typically that. That's part and parcel to the program they are. It's less about a stereotype, more about what you're capable of recruiting. That's just who they are. They usually get a couple of special athletes. Everybody else is tough, is rugged, had to be. Where they recruit from, uh, I think, bears that out. Typically, if you're getting kids from the Northeast, you got to be rugged. You're playing in seven-degree weather in high school. It's, it's brutal, right? So that's usually who they are, but they will come up and test your chin to see if you want to be there. Now, if you want to be there, you should be all right. But sometimes they find out teams don't feel like being there. And then they run it right at you. Or in this case, they got a quarterback that can actually throw it around the lot a little bit. So get a little nervous about that. Yeah, it's interesting about this group. And it's hard to really assess the Jerkovic or uh, Jerkovic era uh, because he played against nobodies, went away for a while, and then he played a really good game last week against Georgia Tech on the heels of a game against Vatek, in which the players had clearly quit on Justin Fuente, who has since been fired. Well, they lost their quarterback in the first series of the game. Uh, did Va Tech that day? So they they weren't going to score six with 120 <laughs> minutes of football. Though that was the thing. It's yeah. like so you can't really assess what he is there. He made a lot of good throws against Georgia Tech last weekend. I mean, like seven or eight of them where you go, oh, again? What yeah, well, is he, this ACC? What he's like, back? Yeah, he we're a garbage conference. Yet we've got play. I mean, maybe program for program, the best quarterback play of any of the Power Five. When you go into the mediocre teams, you still have a guy. Who can roast you if you're not careful? Well, in this he, pro conference. he projects uh, as drafted, uh, and every quarterback uh, segment group draft board that you see, he's on it. He's not not one or two, but he's on it. Uh, so he he's a draftable QB, yeah. Well, he is, but I mean, even like a, a mediocre to bad DJ at Clemson makes throws three or four of them a game. We're like, well, nobody does that. Malik Cunningham runs hot and cold, but when he plays well again, he's, he's somebody tough, you go, yeah. well, Jesus, man, Devin Leary. 
Van Dyke. I mean, okay. I mean, and we didn't even mention Pickett because we don't play him this year. Thankfully. And uh, Howell at North Carolina, who's a, a decent player. Who it's could a good be quarterback real- league, Tom. Out of nowhere, it's right? It's a good quarterback league. Like, it is. The depth. Jordan Travis, maybe, next year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Is he developing into something like that? The thing I like about this matchup, though, two things. They're athletic in the secondary. They don't stop the run as well as they stop the pass. Nope, they Good don't. matchup for us. And they give up points. I watch this. Look, Boston College, to your point, Tom, sorry. This is a group that I watch a lot partly because I've always liked to bet BC games. I have a history of betting BC games. I just do. Uh, partly because I can get a feel for them pretty typically early in a season. Now, this has been a weirder team because of the injury at quarterback, but they, this is not your standard Boston College defense that in the past you would say, oh, that's a good defense. They're going to show up. They're going to be where they're supposed to be, and you can trust them. And eh, not really. Not really. They're, they're really hot and cold. They really are wildly inconsistent. If you look at some of the other metrics, they're actually not that good on defense. Correct. Um, we ought to be able to score. This is one of those teams that pro football focus absolutely adores, and you're like, huh? Yeah, watch the games. They're well, not great. it's because of Holy Cross and Colgate and, and all these matchups. And Temple. Right. Yes. And Virginia Tech without a quarterback. Right. Who, you know. So let's do this. Teams with a pulse. You ready? Missouri has a pulse. They scored 34 at Boston College. No, they, they have an offensive pulse. Right, right. They scored 34 and lost in overtime to BC. That was a game that I was very interested in. Uh, even you mentioned the, 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 the UMass game. They gave 28 points to that bunch. They did indeed. Uh, that seems difficult. Uh, yes, they dominated Temple, who quit pretty early this year. Uh, Clemson was part of the Clemson ongoing saga, which is that that team just struggles to score, period. They did score 19 in that game. NC State dropped 33 on them. Louisville dropped 28 on them. Uh, Syracuse won the game 21-6, to dominated. Again, they didn't have to really worry about BC's offense in that game. And then Georgia Tech scored 30 last week. So the point is, yeah. you can score on BC. I think in some of those games, too, the opponent is shortening the game because they're not threatened. Yeah. That's why their point totals aren't large. Now, it doesn't mean that we're guaranteed to score in the upper 30s this week. you got to bring it. you got to be ready to go. But the second thing I like about this Boston College team, they are chippy, not just physically. right? We always talk about that for decades with mm. this program, and, you, and you've alluded to why. Because of the region they recruit. They have to be, yeah. No, they're after the play chippy. I mean, Zay Flowers mm-hmm. should have been flagged for three unsportsmanlike conduct penalties last week. He was flagged for one of them. I'll go, oh, so this guy's just going to be yelling at our guys all game long. Quarterback does the same thing. Their linemen do the same thing. Their other receivers, I mean, uh, every player, yeah. it was yeah. every player in the secondary, every skill player watching the game against Georgia Tech last week had a moment where I go, oh, so you're going to step to people after every play. This is who you are. So you're like that nasty bunch of redheaded stepchildren, right? And that's. A pretty good analogy for Boston College because that's what they—that's probably the uh, the demographics of the university, and that's literally who they are Hill. in the ACC. And Halfley has them, you know, they're emboldened by that particular identity. But that's what they do. So if you are sleepy at kickoff, Boston College is going to help wake you up by the middle of the first quarter, not with their physicality, but also with the after the play stuff. Like, oh, you're going to talk like that? Okay, time to lock in. Well, I think it rep- best represents, too, their their head coach, who I like a lot. Uh, he's trying to build in them uh, this belief and this nastiness to the way they play. He's a defensive-minded guy. I, 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 I like Halfley. I think he's a good coach. So, yeah, man, I mean, I think in time they're going to be a bit of a problem in the league. Uh, but, you know, you got to get kids to come there. Yeah, you and, could see a foundation there. Yeah, yeah, you could, absolutely. So it's 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 interesting. Uh, by the way, on that note, and we'll get more in-depth on that game, but, you know, you look around now, we're at that time of the year where you're looking, you know, which places have decided to make a change, which jobs are open, uh, who's potentially headed that way. 
It does impact the ACC uh, because, obviously, Justin Fuente now out at Virginia Tech. There's some very interesting names circulating for that job that I I hope decide to turn it down because uh, I don't want any part of a couple of those guys coming into our league. Now, that sounds like you're scared of people. No, it's just that you'd prefer a program be poorly coached that you have to face as opposed to one that's co- coached very well. And I do think there's a couple burgeoning stars in the coaching business that I would be interested to see if they are willing to take the Virginia Tech job. There are two jobs right now in the ACC that, uh, the, on surface level, the name seems like it would be of interest to a lot of people. But the behind the scenes, the investment, the stature of those jobs may be very different amongst coaches and agents than they are amongst fan recognition. Miami, University of, obviously, and I think Virginia Tech. And so you're, you've got uh, – now we're assuming that job comes over open at Miami. They just fired the athletic director. I think it's a safe guess they didn't do that because they're going to keep Manny. So you're going to be looking at two potential openings, uh, very interesting jobs, once traditional, once powers, uh, and maybe not so much anymore. What is their top end? And who are they capable of luring? And it's a little bit of a domino. Shane uh, Beamer. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of a domino type thing here because it depends on who they can get. And then you look at LSU, for example. What are they? What are they trying to bring in? Uh, Jimbo's had to deny it all week long, and that's made for entertaining press, press conferences. Best thing that's happened to Jimbo is that his name is floated out there on a daily and hourly basis. And the reason is because he doesn't have to answer for that slop fest, sorry ass performance at Oxford that they just got done taking an ass kicking in, which they got their O for the state of Mississippi. Which if I'm paying you ten million dollars a year, you know, suck it, my man. We gonna win some games around here at some point. Stop talking about what we're building. It's been how many years? Let's go. But anyhow, he doesn't I have to I want to engrave that trophy I gave you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not supposed to stay blank, Jimbo. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, but he hasn't had to answer that at all this week. It's just been about, well, you know, I, I love it here. It's We're building something special. Well, are you? Well, so here's the question I'd ask. Mm-hmm. Independent of where the coach comes from. Like, I get it that some coaches are better suited for certain areas of the country because they have roots. LSU would be smart to hire Billy Napier, in my opinion. A lot of people disagree with that because he's not big enough, but anyhow. LSU is out of the equation for this argument. Miami and Virginia Tech, TCU and Washington. Which couple is, <laughs> are two better landing spots? I, I'm, I'm serious. It's not yeah. a trolling question. So, so by the way, let, you know, you, it's good that you pointed it out. Lake got fired, and I kind of hinted at that week two that that was going to happen. Man, I like I have a soft spot for Washington, so I tend to tune into their games or pay attention to the box score at the very least. And I was like, well. We've got real problems here. So he's gone now. The no-brainer answer is Miami because of all the recruits you have in your backyard. But you can keep them. The problem is that (laughs) everything else that goes with that program holds you back. It has for 20 years. It has since I just first got my license. So that's the problem here. Otherwise, it's a slam dunk. But the reality of it, maybe Washington is one of the top two teams. Well, Washington's been to the college football playoffs, sir. Maybe TCU is a better place to go. Because you've got Texas recruits and you've I got, I, I would you got that religious money. Yeah, I don't know. They'll spend. I don't know about TCU being a better job. I maybe that's a lot to overcome. In your I'm state. telling you, that's how I, far I think at least Virginia Tech has fallen. That TCU is uh, kind of on the level. Well, it does make you realize uh, how special Frank Beamer was for them for many years. Now it waned towards the end, but I mean that guy found a way to build a foundation and win football games at a place that uh, was not synonymous with that. And so you know. It's a, uh, hmm. It's an interesting job. I, I think they care, but uh, you know your ceiling is what it is. There, I, I'm not. 
Unless you got a Mike Vick, I'm not sure you're making a run to a national championship game anytime soon. At, but that, but then again, you know that's what people say certainly about Miami right now. So it's 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 pretty it's a fun thing to kick around as college football fans. This is a fun time of year. Uh, you you kind of you know you're struck by how sudden the season has rushed by. On the other hand, you, this is the soap opera part that we love, like the cast of characters and you know the moving pieces and who's going to go where and what that means and who is it that you would want to have there. And it's fun. We talked about it on the pregame show. Just how there's a melancholy in November that you know it's, you, it's you wait all year. It gets dark at noon. It could be. Yeah. But you wait all year. Next thing you know, it's this time. And and it hit me again on Monday when the Florida game was announced for noon. I'm like, okay, it's almost so over. The end of the regular season is around four o'clock two Saturdays from now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we have a bowl game that we can celebrate on into the night for. Well, but this either game way, goes a long way in that. Either way, we'll have played twelve. By the end of, I mean, that is just, it's so sad. It's been a roller coaster ride of the 12, though, and at least we've got this recent feather in the cap that carries the day. It's carried the week. It will carry much of uh, the conversation in the offseason. That is until the clock uh, strikes zero on Saturday, and you're either on the right end or the wrong end of the result. And we say it all the time, but it's true. Wins and losses happen for a reason, and they elicit emotion. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply man i don't know if there's any chance that uh tyree west comes to Florida State, but have you seen him? Have you taken a look at the young man? Hey, man, it's that time. Now that we have a proper early signing day, and uh, now that we work where we do as well, where you get a little bit more insight behind the scenes, uh, more dialed in, and the the trends seem to be very favorable for Florida State with this particular player. They do, but it's it's almost stunning to think that that could happen. so this is a guy, if you don't know him, a lot of the people listening to the show know who I'm talking about. A lot of you probably have a greater insight as to who he is as a player. Um, you know, I, I don't take a look at a lot of the high school film stuff, but um, Tiff County kid, five-star prospect, said yes to Georgia a long time ago, December of 2020. And... You know, you think, okay, well, it makes perfect sense to look at him. He's the kind of guy you see lined up at Georgia every Saturday these days. It's just a a freak of nature. And it's the kind of guy that we were capable of bringing in when we were winning national championships and having undefeated seasons. Been a little while. Been a little while. We've got a guy here and there. But but this kind of guy can be sort of the anchor. And uh, I just thought it was interesting. Um, He talked a little bit about uh, each team uh, that he's had interest in and – you know, visits and places that he's gone and, and what he thought of them. 
And what he said about Florida State is it went good, very good. About Auburn, it went pretty good. About Florida, it was okay. Uh, and then about Georgia, it went very good. All right, so there you go. Those are, those are the quotes, succinct yep. as they may be. Oh, I read this one. Wait till that next one. So, you know, the fact that uh, Georgia may not have room is a, is a beautiful thing. You go on from there. One team has lined up an official visit with West. Coming up in December, I'm going to Florida State on an official visit. Asked about his interest in the Seminoles program, West shared, quote, the coaching staff and the players. More was shared on his bond with the Florida State coaching staff later, in which he said, they're looking out for my best interest as a player. Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, Asked why he's looking around after a long commitment to Georgia, he responded, I want to make sure Georgia's the right school for me. I want to see my options. Um, yeah, he wants to be wanted. All these kids do. Uh, brother, we want you. We want you. That's, that's a talented-looking young man. Yeah, fluffy bisquick pancakes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there will be a departure amongst those on the defensive line, and um, we could use an infusion of your kind of talent yeah fluffy bisquick pancakes your unique talents could be put to special use here in tallahassee and perhaps uh, in addition to looking out for your best interest we'll find other motivating factors to help you decide on the garnet and the gold Uh, i think so well, a couple other things he said as he uh, makes the rounds and uh, apparently is going to be on campus today or this week at Florida State. He said he wants to play in a four-down lineman system, not a three-down lineman mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Well, that's us and, and not yeah. Athens. And he says he wants to play where he's needed and not wanted, but needed. Oh, well, you are needed Georgia, and wanted. Georgia merely wants you. You know, yeah. Georgia has a lot of things. Suffice to say, we need you. Uh, 6'4", 280, a good-looking 280 at that. That is a uh, all righty then. That is an all righty then no-brainer. Let's hope. This is already shaping up to be uh, a, a strong effort from this coaching staff. Um, I, I Wow. It's a buzz. We're all a buzz right. about the possibility. Everybody's buzzing. Uh, early playing time, coaching staff that has done a great job of connecting. We kept talking about this this year, and it can be sort of a a thing you hold on to when the record isn't what you want it to be. It can be a thing you fall back on when uh, the wins aren't happening, but rather the close losses, the, the narrow misses, right? And what I'm referencing is this idea that the coaching staff has done a good job of not only relaying relaying the message to the players, but getting them to buy in and seeing that in the way that they prepare and the way that they compete and the way that they pick themselves back up after those aforementioned narrow defeats, those kinds of things. But eventually you need to see it pay off in the way of results, and both on the field, and that's what the Florida State-Miami game resulted in, but also, of course, off the field in recruiting. And you give yourself a fighting chance, I do believe, if you've shown that ability to connect. Because, you know, most of the time when rebuilds happen, there is real honest dialogue, and I'm you know, we have to bring him up a lot because it's the last time we won the national championship. But we're not just doing it because we're transfixed, but because he had to do a mini rebuild. 
but Jimbo always talked about being brutally honest with kids, letting them know where, where, where they stand in your mind for what position and why you want them and why you need them and what you think they can be in two or three years and having that connection or having that dialogue, but hopefully having them, uh, you know, connect in a way that says, okay, I believe you. I believe in you. What you're telling me is this thing over here, and I believe that. But moreover, I can see it in your eyes. You're telling me the truth. Because everybody pitches. Everybody's got a pitch. Everybody's got a sales you know, every, sales uh, talking point. Everybody's got – but does it resonate? And if it does, even with a group that's only won four games right now, then when kids like this come on visits and they want to believe, they're already looking around. They want playing time, but they want to believe, too. They want to believe that they're going to go to a place where they're going to be nurtured and built and developed and have a chance to go pro and win football games. Hey, they're in the parking lot. It's a car lot. You're not here unless you need a car. <laughs> right, right. You're shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't a want. ABC. I, I need a ride. So, yeah. And you have to let them know that, listen, it's one thing to have all the amenities, but this has also been voted safest car in America for the last seven straight years. I've got yeah, the data. fluffy Bisquick <laughs> pancakes. Mm. Uh, so, we'll see. Maybe. J.D. Power, you know? Yeah. It's not my opinion, sir. This is the safest vehicle. Volvo has been voted for seven straight years. Are you saying J.D. Power voted you? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> J.D. Power. <laughs> J.D. Power. Uh... Yeah, he's needed, and it'd be great. Let's add him to the list of uh, big-time names that uh, quite possibly are coming to Florida State, in particular the number one recruit in the country. It is fun to look up at that board and see the names. And first and foremost, there's Travis Hunter, Florida State, written right next to it. All you got to do is get through the next four weeks or so. It's December 15th is the beginning of the early signing period. Just got to get through the next four weeks, make sure that a helicopter doesn't dump Huge amounts of money on the property of uh, one Travis Hunter from anywhere else. That's all we need to do. It's probably appropriate in this moment. We take a quick break. We got some guys here in pops and clicks and the like, and I don't know if that's on us or what it is, but we've had a rough week We're trying to gather it up. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. We don't talk much, but you're such a good talker. Oh, also, as a side note, we should, take should mention that... Um, for a long, long time, and I know it's improved and has been improved for a, a number of years now, thank goodness. But, man, we were uh, – the, the, the social media efforts of uh, Florida State uh, was a nightmare for a very long time. And now every time they put out a video, I'm just like, this is cinematic beauty. I mean, if you, if you go back and watch everything they've put together from the Florida State-Miami game, it's, it's a masterpiece. Well, you can watch it over and over and over again. So ESPN two had an SEC program on yesterday in the evening, and I saw it. It's akin to NFL Turning Point, mm-hmm. you know, where it's the NFL film style stuff, and that is what that network can do with all the money they bring in, is they can put on programming like that. Meanwhile, we've got like greatest moments in lacrosse history on the ACC, ACC network. network. Yeah, that's okay. Florida State said themselves, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to do it on our own, and gonna we're going to release up, it, baby. Yeah, we're going to release it to the boosters. In this particular case, I guess they decided the episode was worth releasing to the public because they want people to sign up for the boosters to get little added value programs like this. Since the ACC Network's not going to do it on their own, in short, we'll do it ourselves. That's how they seem to be approaching it. 
but uh, good to, for them. to the talented uh, young men and women who are putting together uh, the production that we're referencing and the videos that have been produced on social media, uh, pre and post FSU Miami, bravo, kudos. I mean, we rip you when you're terrible and you do something stupid. So we got to praise you when you get it right. You've been getting it right for a long time now. This is a, a product that I would think, um, even if you're just somewhat ambivalent towards Florida State, you watch something like that, you're like, damn, all right, they got some things going on there. Uh, but I also think it showcases the aforementioned connection last uh, segment uh, of Mike Norvell and his staff with the players. Well, go watch those celebra- uh, celebratory moments post game. Go see how many different guys, different segment groups, different coaches are getting huge hugs from players, and uh, the you know the bonds are pretty are pretty clear. Uh, and and that is really cool to see because if you think about it from a, a standpoint of you're going away to play somewhere. That's what you want. That's what you want to be part of. Everybody says that it's cliche, but it's true that college football is a big business. And it's hard to find that kind of connection. Coaches are under immense pressure. They rarely, head coaches, rarely have a lot of interaction with players. They don't. They'll, they'll address the team. They'll address segment groups. But they very rarely have time because they're obviously tasked with other responsibilities beyond the X's and O's of the game. Uh, off the field, so many, so much of their day is spent doing stuff that's like not even all that football-related. They don't have the time to kind of build that rapport. So when you see players feel that way about a head coach or even a position coach, then you know, okay, there's extra effort going on here for those connections to be had. That's, that's important. It's important to fortify and, and for the kids to see it, the other recruits. That's what like I mean, now, yeah. The visitors got to walk into that locker room and, and see that celebration and how genuine it was, and that's probably why a lot of them are now considering Florida State. Even if they don't sign with us, maybe they came to campus thinking, yeah, this would be a fun game to go see, and they left saying to themselves, well, looks like they got something going here. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I want to be a part of this. So even if you don't change their minds, that's the power of a moment like that. But you're right. It's also important for the fans to see. Like, the proof, if you're really looking hard enough, before the Miami game was already in the pudding. You could see yeah, it. Yeah, At 0-4, yeah, yeah. we didn't quit. How many teams before this one? How many consecutive years worth of teams would have quit in that situation? Five? Probably. Probably. But this one didn't. Why? Because there's buy-in. It's because they believe in what they're being told. They believe the people that are telling them those messages are honest. And that also goes to the previous segment. Which is, if the coaching staff had it, had messaged to Tyler Hunter, sorry, I did that again, Travis Hunter, Sam McCall, A.J. Duffy, and others, it's the ghost of number one. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy's the number one overall recruit in the country. If they had said, we're going 10-2, and two, guys, wait till you see the show we put out there. Yeah, that would have been dumb. Those kids would have been gone by October 1st. But they told those new incoming players, the class of 2022, pardon our dust, it's going to be a little bit rough but we're going to work really hard, and you're going to see that we're better. Everything that they said came true in that regard. What it would mean to author yet another victory to go into that final game of the season with a legitimate chance to have earned your way to a bowl game after starting 0-4 uh, really cannot be overstated. I, I think that you've probably done enough right now in the way of building goodwill and trust and all of those things. We've been describing a lot of that this hour. But the look ahead now is at this BC game and the possibility of a yet another win. And that gets you to five. And given what's going on down in Gainesville, where they're firing staff members and you've got uh, an FCS school scoring 42 points and a half, 
you know, you you no longer look at that game and write that off as an impossible path to victory. I mean, Florida State, Florida, both playing to peak efficiency with the talent that they have. You're going to assume a Florida win there and probably a pretty sizable one at that if they're playing well and they're locked in and they care at all because they've obviously been the more successful program as of late. But, you know, all bets are off when you give up 42 points to Sanford and a half. And I, you know, we'll see. I, I talked about chin checks, and BC will give us one in this game. If you win it, you need to deliver one of those to Florida early in Gainesville because I'm not sure the response is there. Right. They may not come along for the ride, mm-hmm. even though it's in their own building. That's yeah. where you wish this year was a noon kick here. Ooh, buddy. In fact, I would be bullish if it were a noon kick here, given what I've seen from them right now. They'd be like, Ugh, all right, uh, got to get going. Oh, my God, it's the second quarter. We're down by 17. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think um, you would be looking at it, going, "All right, I don't I don't think they're much interested. I think they're ready to call it a day." Uh, but at home, it's a different animal, and it's a it's a rivalry game, and that crowd will be boisterous, and we'll see. It may may carry the emotion for uh, the requisite time necessary for Florida to get into the game and 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 play for all four quarters. But I would I would certainly check it. I'd certainly see where you're at. Where are you at? You ready? You want to do this today? It's hard now. It's hard. I mean, we're ready to fight. Uh, it, it, you know, hey, LSU ran a simple counter over and over again to the tune of over 300 yards. Yes. Yes. We, too, can run that. These two teams that we're finally facing, right, because we've had a lot of, of teams, probably four out of five matchups where we go, man, these guys, we don't do much dynamically on offense. We do a couple things really well, and we don't match up that great mm-hmm. against these opponents running these defenses. But now you've gotten to the portion of the schedule. Even though we thought it was going to be tough in the preseason, especially given where this game is on the schedule, it's right in between your two rivals, and it is a noon kick up in Chestnut Hill, which doesn't exactly inspire you as you get off the bus and go into that stadium. But you're facing a couple of defenses who don't defend the thing we do very well. Correct. Okay, it's go time. Well, and you know, look, I wanted to get an update here quickly because I would say this again, one of the things that is likable about this group meaning Florida State is that uh, you know I know we have the one most unfortunate set of circumstances which is the Jacksonville State game but beyond that they they don't you know this isn't a team that's losing against teams in which they're favored they pretty much have played above their heads when they're underdogs they've been in it they've had a chance to win it they fought to the end they've been within a touchdown they had the lead late and in this case they got an upset quote-unquote, mild upset win this past weekend. They're underdogs again this weekend against BC. Uh, so you got a chance to, to knock off a team again in which you're an underdog. Now that started out at around three and a half, and Joe Public went, eh, I don't know about all that, guys. Kind of liking what I'm seeing with Florida State, and it's now down to two. If you got it at three and a half, good on yep. you. You could be seeing unless uh, Halfley gets hired away very quickly, which he, he very well might. That would be great. But uh, you might be seeing the future of the Atlantic here. The future of the Atlantic the future Division. future of the Atlantic Division. Right here. Yeah. The only problem that I have with that is that they have the garnet color more correct than we do. It's a very sad fact. I was waiting how far in the week. Luckily, we were so distracted by all the cool things that happened leading up to this game that you didn't have an opportunity to delve into the disdain for our uniform color combinations as opposed to them who get it right. Yeah, BC BC. brings it out on you because it's Exhibit A, Exhibit B. What's going on here? I know. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's like South Carolina's visiting Boston College. (laughs) Well, BC's buttoned up enough. 
they are, I understand why, a slight favorite. But I feel good about where we're at. You're not, I'll just put it that way. You're not going to be surprised by the throws this kid can make. That's the other side of it. It's like when you're like, man, you don't even get a break with these quarterbacks in the ACC. They're all above average. You're not going to be shocked by anything this kid can do on film because you just saw it. Van Dyke can do it. Van, Van Dyke did it in the second half. Did you know rather sneakily, I might say, that this is a fun week of uh, college football? Have you looked at the slate on the whole? I have not looked at the slate on the whole, and I probably should because a noon kick means I'm a free bird by about 5 p.m. Yeah, and I said on the whole on purpose because people have noted that I do say it too much. It is a verbal crutch of mine, but on the whole, this is a good weekend for college football. And uh, it's not, you know, this started out plus three, now we're plus one and a half. I think this gets to even money before kickoff. We're getting, we're moving in that direction. Well, Boston College is also banged up. They've Tragic. A couple injuries in their secondary. But Wake Clemson this weekend. Uh, okay, I'm kind of curious to see does Virginia Tech show up and play hard against Miami because I'm not sure Miami wants to play this oh, weekend. Man. That's uh, ten to eight will be the final there. Uh, so interesting. SMU Cincinnati. Cincinnati on upset alert. I would like the twelve and a half at the beginning of the week that you could get with SMU, and I I did take it. Uh, but Oregon Utah, good sir. Oh yeah, let's get it on. Uh, that game is in Utah, and well, that's uh, okay. Even better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, plenty of plenty of fun games. Did you watch football last night? I did, and it was a war between Western and Eastern Michigan. I had it on in the background. I'm like, my God, that gray field is hideous. Like, yeah, it is grayscale. Yeah, it's just grayscale. But I enjoyed the game, man. I went to bed early, and I was like, okay, let's just see if this gets good. Next thing you know, it's like there they are in the fourth quarter, a point. Of, I'm oh, wait, I gotta stay up. Watch this. What am I doing? This is the desperation in all of us. This is the time of the year where you're like, more football, not less football. It's leaving. I know the time is nigh, and I will not let you leave without a protest of some sort, and that protest will result in me watching football games I would ordinarily not have a care in the world about. I didn't even have money on last night's game. I just couldn't wait to watch more football. Can I give everybody a comforting thought then? Yes. The bowl swag segment is near. Oh, buddy. It is. I take more and more pleasure in doing the bowl swag segment every year. Just you got to appreciate what you have. Like, who knows? Maybe the Knowles will be getting a belt buckle. A belt buckle. And wouldn't that be the most special of all belt buckles ever received? I would ask for a duplicate so I could put it in the background of uh, some of our sets. Uh, While I'm speaking of good games, Michigan State, Ohio State, good sir. All right. Let's get it on. Is that an 8 p.m. action? No, unfortunately it is not, I don't believe. I think it's early. Is it the big noon kickoff? I think it is. Mother, er, mm. you got to be kidding me. Oklahoma, Iowa State, I guess. Rather quietly, UCLA and USC will play. The rest of the country feels about that game as they did about Florida State, Miami, perhaps. But like I said, it's a sneaky, decent weekend of college football. Okay, I'm going to watch. Virginia's can score. They're playing against Pitt. Ooh, okay. 50s. Is that, what What time is that game? Uh, that is 11 a.m. On a Saturday. Okay. Got a chance to guess a total real quick before I let you peek. Ooh, usually. Okay. Usually, I'm Virginia 6-4. and four, uh-huh. Obviously can score a lot of points. Don't defend much. Pitt 8-2. and two, Score a lot of points. Not great late on defense. They've been uh, better defense for the course of the season by far, but go ahead. All right. Ooh, man. I got two numbers in my head. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with the first one. 72 and a half. No. 68 and a half. No. What is it? 66. 
You're clearly Ooh, taking me over. I'm rich. to your nearest bookie. I'm rich. Let's go. My man clearly has the over. I even searched Sugar House, BetMGM, <laughs> FanDuel, Points sign- Bet, Caesars, <laughs> DraftKings. There's a site called Sugar House. You're damn right there is. Oh Be goodness. careful. I'm a, hey, hon, I'm going to take it over to the Sugar House. The hell you are. No, seriously, seriously. It's, it's a betting parlor. Yeah, yeah. Parlor. Parlor, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah, I'm sure. At one time, it was the best betting parlor in all the land, <laughs> but they've right. had to eliminate aspects of what they provide. <laughs> so now I just unfortunately have to mosey up to the table and hand over my fee. <laughs> in exchange for a ticket, nothing more. Just a ticket. So you, do you believe you have a civilized city in this country? Yes. Do you have a sugar house? No? Okay, then you're not a real city. You're not a real city. You're just a town. That's how you can tell the difference. Do they have a sugar house or not? It seems to me that the uh, brothel uh, of Deadwood uh, should have been named Sugar House. Oh, yeah. Swearingen could have been ahead of the uh, the sugar house. <laughs> oh, no. What was the name of it? Now you've done it. Oh, why'd we do that? Oh, don't do that. What a, it's the best of all time. Oh, no. Are all three of us stumped? I think we are. Come on, chatters. Chat it up. Deadwood. Swearingen. Name of the place. Swearingen. (laughs) Oh, we'll never be able to recreate and or utilize the clip from the greatest talking point of all time. (laughs) Right. Wait a minute. What is These are whites? (laughs) Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with.